Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and otherwise, and welcome to the Daily Brain Bleed. My name is Jeff. My name's Tucker. And today on the podcast, we have a friend of the pod joining us from exotic Kingsport, <laughs> um, our friend Hannah. Hi. <laughs> Jesus. Exotic. Yes. Hannah, what do you want to tell our audience about yourself? Oh, God. Yeah, let's put you on the spot. This is great. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't really have an elevator pitch. I'm just a creative person who likes doing film stuff and existing <laughs> or trying to. And and in even the best of times, that can be difficult. But oh yeah. Now, especially that's in and of itself. If you're getting by, you know, good for you. Wait, what's what's going on now that's making that so hard? Um, well, the Oscars just dropped, and so people are losing their mind amidst a sea of takes, and we might as well kind of delve into that. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, are were there any like standouts or anything that struck either of you particularly hard, or do we just want to? Down the list, it yeah. Let's just go down the list, and you know, my thoughts will come as we talk about them. Obviously, now we're looking at best picture right now, and I got to kind of harken back to a previous episode. We were talking more specifically about the Golden Globes, but it's funny these movies. I've seen an embarrassingly small number of them up to this point. I, I plan on seeing a few more. I know I told you I want to see. Um, Sound of Metal, but I, I think I've only seen Nomadland and Mank. Um, Nomadland I liked, Mank I did not like very much. Uh, it was fine. Um, and see, I'm not one of these guys who just sees big blockbusters. I just think that the whole schedule behind these things has been so thoroughly thrown off because of COVID and everything. It's funny because um, I was looking at the list of nominees for uh, last year for Best Picture, well, the previous Oscars. I've seen Parasite, seen The Irishman, uh, seen Joker, seen 1917, seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've seen movies that I think should have gotten nominated like... um, you know, uncut gems. I've seen the five bloods, uh, well, the five bloods. That was a movie from like this year, but it's like, yeah, everything's been th- so thrown off. I, I feel a little out of my element, but if you think that we can't have strong opinions about films that we have not seen, then you are in the words of one Fergie living in the year 2000 and late. We have quite a few opinions, I think. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm really good at having opinions on things. I know absolutely nothing about. The Sound of Metal, I saw the trailer for, and I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. But I have to admit, as a musician, I hate watching films about musicians because there's just certain little things that you cannot teach someone to act a certain way about. And so I don't know if, like, you know, I don't even know if they cast a musician or whatever. But in general, I avoid them like the plague because even if they don't mean to, it just feels strange to watch well the other end of things of course is that the lead character in that as portrayed by Riz Ahmed and he got nominated is also deaf so there's kind of the element of um being a musician and dealing with music when you can't you can certainly feel the vibrations and everything but you can't hear it in the same way that a lot of people can which in and of itself that's an interesting story right so even if there are limitations to okay, are we going to cast a good actor who's also a musician, has the right instincts? That That is the story I want to see play out. And yes, I recognize it's probably easier for me not being a musician, but yeah. I just, well, I mean, it, it actually kind of hits close to home because I have tinnitus. So I have like a really sharp A natural that just lives in my ear rent free mm. and I can hear it all the time. Um, when I'm talking and like when I'm doing stuff, it's not as prevalent, but that's like, that it, that is a real thing, especially with people who do like high volume stuff, like metal. So, hearing loss is real. Wear your earplugs, kids. Um, this is a public health podcast. Does that really happy that happened though? Like people move. Like I've only seen the trailer, but he just all of a sudden loses it. Does that happen? Mm, not like that. Not like so nice and clean and dramatic and stuff like that. If it was gonna be something like that, it's more so like an explosion or like someone was. Uh, didn't check what they were doing and unplugged a speaker that was like turned all the way mm-hmm. up and your your head was like next to the cone. And so the wave that came out basically just ruptures your eardrums. And then there's a lot of bleeding and other stuff. Like it doesn't happen like how it did in the, um, in the thing, but that doesn't make for a good movie. Um, so I, I this yeah. is the second movie 
in the past few years. This is the second movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They've only made two. Yes. It was this in Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) That's gotten a fair amount of critical attention, um, a film about drummers, that is, and the other one being, of course, Whiplash. And I remember asking you a few years ago whether you'd seen Whiplash and if you had um, any thoughts about it. And I remember you very explicitly telling me at the time that you had no interest in seeing the movie. Still don't. (laughs) Do you know why? Because it's a movie about musicians and it's just, it's kind of cringe. I mean, I remember seeing, I saw a solid like third of the movie off and on because on this is one of those deals where it was like on HBO or whatever. So it was like, I was doing something else and I had it on and the, it, it has one of those tropes that's very popular, especially come award season over the past few years where you have this teacher or some other sort of authority figure who is clearly abusive, right? J.K. Simmons. And J.K. Simmons did a great job in the role, don't get me wrong, but the ultimate moral of the story is no matter how much you resent the guy, he got results. So, you know, you have to kind of uh, give props to him for that. And I'm always thinking to myself, well, no, 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 you don't. Um, it's kind of like the other movie I remember recently really pushing that angle was uh, I, Tonya, right, with Tonya Harding's mother being this abusive dance mom, essentially, but for figure skating. And it's one of those things that's like, it's funny, everyone on some level is trying to ape Arlie Ermey from Full Metal Jacket, uh, being this abusive drill instructor. But the whole point there was the movie makes very explicitly clear that what he was doing was actually not good. It drove a guy to suicide after killing him. Um, but every everyone in Hollywood looked at that and they thought, wow, we we need more characters like him, but applied to all these other different contexts. And again, it's one of those tropes that I kind of hate, even if I recognize on some level like individual performance doing it. Yeah, that can be fine, but I, I just don't like it when it's there. Show me the strong man, that trope, but with Care Bears. <laughs> and he drives them to basically jump off a happy little cliff. Um, that's what I want. Um, yeah, so I mean, full, I really only saw Nomadland and then a bit of, what, The Trial of the Chicago 7? I didn't see the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, no, so I mean, it's, I mean, it's not a weak field, but it's, you know, certainly not one we're as familiar with maybe as in years past. Um, so looking at actress in a supporting role, you do have someone from Hillbilly Elegy, uh, Glenn Close. Yeah, Glenn Close. Um, I mean, they think this might be her ninth Oscar nomination. Yeah. And she's, she's a great actress. We, we were talking about Cruella de Vil earlier and don't get me wrong. We'll come back to that. (laughs) But she, she was, she was in, um, like when Disney did, um, live action to uh, 101 Dalmatians in like 2000 or whatever. She was Cruella DeVille there. I mean, you, you, you've seen stuff with her. She was in guardians of the galaxy. She was like the leader of the Federation. Oh, sure. Yeah. And she, she's been in a lot of stuff, but she's like primarily known for a lot of her dramatic roles. It's interested to see her nominated for something which was critically panned so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, that's, my interest, I guess. It's yeah. She was. It was critically panned. I I didn't see Hillbilly Elegy. No real desire to do so nope. for a variety of reasons. <laughs> um, We're and, all mountain people. Yeah. We're all mountain people. <laughs> and guys, we we don't all come from broken homes. I can promise you that much. But um, she was doing the capital A acting thing and the physical transformation, which the Academy eats up. And I just find it so fun- funny that the movie that J D Vance uh, he wrote the source material for, it's going to be getting uh, an probably you know some level of oscar love um even as he like announces he's running for senate from ohio and is gonna like ruin the country uh well i mean you know if you're looking for a place that you can do a bunch of stuff and you know not really have it do too much damage as compared to what's happening ohio not the worst place you could go (laughs) well i say this partially on um the ohio state getting upset in the march madness Hearing so many guys talk about that it's uh, i i mean i don't care i'm just familiar with it and i'm a renaissance man enough to say <laughs> oh well this seems significant to somebody so oh, you know, you i went know. to ohio state for grad school i liked it well enough just the program wasn't for me um yeah buckeyes yes actor in supporting role i think that this is sasha baron cohen's first um oscar nomination for for a performance for for acting um he's gotten nominated for like writing before but yeah Oh my god! I didn't even realize that was Sacha Baron Cohen. I literally looked at this list and, and went, "Who is who does he play in that movie?" 
<laughs> yeah, I I found out in real time on another episode of this pod that um he was even in the film to begin with, and I was like, huh? <laughs> you don't. It's not something you associate with him. So you no. know, good good for him, I suppose. That um, movie looks so good, though. International feature film. Uh, tell me your thoughts on Collective, Hannah. How did, how did you feel about Collective? I've not seen any of these. <laughs> I, Once again. Yeah, that um, um, uh, five stars. A plus. Yeah, no, um, go watch Collective. I would watch it over and over again. Um, yeah. I have an actual Blu-ray copy of it, even though I don't have a Blu-ray player. I, oh, I would God. robot chicken myself with Collective. <laughs> I would just strap into the chair and let it go. So documentaries, I didn't really see... A lot of documentaries, or at least especially not short form ones. Um, I have my octopus teacher on my Netflix list and I've had it there for a really long time and I still haven't watched it. Is it it's about learning from like the animal, right? I think so. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that seems like that would be a good time. Original songs, uh, some real bangers on here, uh, definitely on my club playlist. Uh, Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, I actually have heard and is really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, the other ones I'm not as familiar with, but what are you going to do? Animated films. Um, Sean the Sheep movie? I, okay. I thought that was a joke when I saw that. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Refresh. Weak field this year. I got to say, I saw Soul. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm still cracking up over Sean the Sheep Farmageddon. But you know, like um when when the uh God, what what's the claymation characters the, the, the Wallace dude, and Gromit? Wallace and Gromit. Yes. They nominated the Wallace and Gromit movie when it came out really? for best animated fan. Claymation counts as animation. I mean uh, you at, know at night during my night terrors when I lay there <laughs> paralyzed in fear, I see a forty foot Wallace and Gromit moving towards me with their weird gimpy claymation motion. And I will never forgive the minds that brought that film into existence oh ever. All of England stands accused of bringing us Wallace and Gromit. You have the British Empire, which was bad enough, and then they did Wallace and Gromit. Yes, exactly. And that was really the cherry on top of that. Um, I saw it, Onward though. Onward was great. I loved it. I'm glad to hear that because the promotional material for it, I was not a fan of. I saw the like the um, the first round of ads for it, and I was just like, eh. No, it's super good. I feel like I watch a lot of Pixar stuff, and mm -hmm. I mean, I'm Fair enough. I haven't seen Soul. I'm I'm sure it's amazing. Soul is great. Oh, Soul yeah. Soul should win. Soul really is. Look, obviously, everyone has a little bit of recency bias, but. That's the best Pixar film in at least the last 10 years. I feel I like with Pixar, sometimes like I know exactly, like I feel like I'm going to feel the exact same way every time I go in. I feel like I'm going to get my heartstrings pulled a little bit. I'm going to get a little attached. I'm going to cry at least twice. And then I'm going to walk out thinking that was the best freaking movie I've ever seen in my life. Onward, maybe not like the most amazing movie I've seen, but it was very like different. And one of the characters, which is like the um the two brothers dad, is just like a like animated like person that's like doesn't exist from the waist up. <laughs> and it's super like just cute. Yeah, I mean it's it, it seemed unique at least in uh in concept. And Chris Pratt's in it. Oh good. good. Can't mm -hmm. can't get enough of that guy. Tom Holland. <laughs> people people love Chris Pratt. Is it Tom Holland? That's as, awesome. As the younger dude, I yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. You, know he's, you know he's British? <laughs> <laughs> I found that out recently, okay? He, he, did, he did. What's funny, we're talking about Oscars. He and, like, the Russos did this movie called Cherry that was supposed to be their big, like, Oscar push. Yeah, we're going to push Tom Holland as this serious actor because he can play this drug-addicted Cleveland white trash dude and this movie was apparently really bad it was it went to Apple it went straight to like Apple oh, like God. so um and again Apple TV plus you guys have like six hours worth of good content and it's all Ted Lasso like <laughs> I, figure out what you guys are doing right now before you make any more big award pushes because you're not in the position for it. Let me just say that. I have a slightly off topic question for What's you guys. That? Yeah, go for it. Did you watch that movie that he was in um, with Robert Pattinson? The one that's on Devil Netflix? All the Time? Yes. Yeah. We've, I, uh, we've talked about it on the podcast. I hated that movie. <laughs> yeah. we. So I talked with you about it um, before we talked about it on the pod. Um, I mean, I, I liked it well enough. It's a little bit of a schlog, but. I literally turned it off. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I, I remember you said, was it, what, when, what was it that did it? It was when they, they cut that dude's penis off. Yeah, That's yeah, when yeah, I yeah, went, 
No, I'm good. <laughs> it's too much. It was, <laughs> like, it was a little good. too far. Um, I mean, like, I guess it wasn't too far, I guess, for stuff like that. But I was just like, I'm just not interested anymore. When he went inside and grabbed the dog. Oh, God. And, was, and the kid was like, no. I was just like, well, this, this is, is so what much. I'm doing today. And then I took another Zoloft and <laughs> finished the film because that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, that's also, I mean, I would need at least three, maybe four Xanax to get through Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon. <laughs> We um, should watch that. We should watch Sean. I shit. want you guys to get um to get, oh what is it? A Patreon and just do a blind reaction of that movie. You guys have a Patreon? <laughs> uh we're working toward that point. Okay. Well please do that and then you don't have to show the movie. Just like I want to see you guys' faces while you watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the reaction and come and see, but no. Um original screenplays. Uh Again, so a, a lot of a lot of repetition among uh, among the fields here. So I mean, not not really anything novel to say at that point. Uh, you'd already talked about Riz Ahmed as a actor in a leading role, getting nominated. If you're betting on the results, you have to bet on Chadwick Boseman, who, you know, it it is a crime that he was never um, nominated during his lifetime. He's done delivered so many great performances. Uh, he great as, uh, James Brown in get on up. Uh, he did was, uh, Jackie Robinson in 42. And obviously everyone knows him as black Panther. And so now this is a moment where the Academy is realizing, man, we should have, um, we should have recognized this fellow during his life and they did not. So, uh, he has this posthumous nomination now. And again, if you're betting, you probably have to bet that he's going to be the one who uh, wins. Which also, I want to see your illicit gambling ring based on Oscar noms. So if <laughs> if you're running a gambling ring about Oscar results, please let us get in on that because that is so our bag, okay. at least a little bit. Moving on to like actress in a leading role. If you're betting here, you're probably betting on Francis McNormand and um, Nomadland. Which is a movie that we saw, so it's good to, you know, we can uh, talk, yeah, we can about, talk that about this one. with some level of authority. But there's just so much um, heat surrounding her for that. So uh, it, it mildly surprised that uh, Carrie Mulligan got for a promising young r- woman, not because I uh, think it was a bad movie or anything. I didn't see it. I have no reason to believe it. it's not a good performance. It's just that that's not the movie that te- you know tends to get nominated, but it got that strong push toward the end there. So good for her. Uh, directors, uh, Clojaw, which we've talked about, and David Fincher, strong, strong field. I would bet on Clojaw, but the thing is, you've got the big Disney campaign behind her. Not only is the movie on Hulu, which is you know owned by Disney, um, so you know obviously they're going to push for her for director and um, Nomadland for best picture, but they've got her directing The Eternals, which is coming out later this year. Her supposed to be the big, most original Marvel movie in a while, so they're obviously, that's on some level part of that campaign. The interesting wrinkle is, this is not so much a Chinese government action, but um, there have been a lot of Chinese moviegoers getting on social media recently trying to cl- cancel Clo Jaw because they unearthed some old comments that she made that were like mildly critical of the Chinese government. And so... Mm. That might be like one of I don't think that would necessarily prevent her from winning like um, best director or anything. But in the sense that this is all part of Disney's big campaign to prepare the Eternals for the global box office, including China, that could be like a hiccup down the road, certainly, because they can be very capricious in um, Beijing as to what movies they will approve for release and what movies they will not. And so as such, given that we are currently sitting on a massive distribution deal in China, we will continue to say nothing about the Chinese yes, government. Um, um, uh, we love you, Xi Jinping. Um, great stuff. Good yes, stuff going on over absolutely. there. I'm sorry. Did, did Mulan get nominated for an Oscar? For cinematography, Cinematog- I believe. Uh, I was going to say that or costuming. Or, or, yeah, maybe I know it was costuming. I think costuming. Okay. I was just curious. I turned that one off too. Again, <laughs> I feel really bad. There, there's another. I mean, why, why are we still talking about China? Um, <laughs> but I mean, just, here we are. It was something. I can we can we talk about the Disney Plus model of charging an obscene amount of money for a movie while you're already paying for a subscription service? 
<gasps> what? I don't wait. So you you had to you had to pay to see Mulan, right? Well, when did you see Mulan? Oh, it was on Netflix. I think when I saw it. What? What? Was it not on Netflix at one point? No, just kidding. Anyway, ignore me. I watched <laughs> oh. it while somebody was at Disney Plus. Never mind. I was I was dog sitting at someone's house who had Disney Plus. Never mind. I love this idea that you just like accidentally charged them it's thirty dollars. <laughs> No, I, I prefer much much so the idea that she somehow through a Netflix side menu accessed Mulan. Like that's some deep web. She got on like a tour or something. <laughs> I love it. You glitch um, in Mulan, you get all of like the the. I mean, sorry, glitch in Netflix, you get all of the footage the government doesn't want you to see, like the JFK assassination <laughs> from another angle, just because you were trying to watch like Seinfeld. or you know you can stumble into a back server that has mulan and the original uncompressed files for wallace and gromit which should be destroyed (laughs) um yeah so i mean that's our uh some very educated (laughs) takes on um some of your oscar nominations again if you want to bet on the oscars um get us in on it take all of my advice but if you lose money Hold Jeffrey to be legally responsible because he's the one editing this, which means he's ultimately responsible for all the content that ends up on it. So I think that's like, again, legally a very strong take on my part. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I'll I'll assume all legal responsibility for any fiscal damages caused by taking Tucker's guidance on betting in illicit betting pools about the Oscar nominations. So there you go. I think you should bet all of your money on movies that aren't even nominated. (laughs) Mulan, best picture. Right in Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Bernie Sanders in his mittens. Oh, man, what a meme that was. That was was a good meme. Um, So let's talk a little bit about we all all had some assigned reading this Mm -hmm. week. Um, And I say that because realistically speaking, if this had been the this uh, think piece that we all read, if it had been about three pages longer and used Chicago style, I could have very easily seen it published in like an academic journal. Um, It just it seemed like something that you would read for like a lit study class or something. So but that being said, it was very enjoyable. And so we're going to talk about. Women as villains, specifically through um, the scope of a couple particular films, and the way that it's being handled recently in ways that are um, suboptimal, some would say. Um, right, and this was sparked by this article that I saw on Electric Lit, as written by Elise Martin, and the title of the article is Please Just Let Women Be Villains. Subtitle, From Wicked to Cruella, Rehabilitative Villainesses Rely on Outdated Ideas of Women's Virtue. And a lot of this article was prompted specifically by the first trailer for the upcoming gritty Cruella DeVille origin story uh, dropping, and we just saw that again, well, for me again, I think for some of us it was for the first time for me uh, it was for, the first time uh, before this uh the first reaction of course i think for a lot of people online was gee why is this movie why did you do this why why why, why do this why why I, my speculation i guess that i shared earlier was that you know they wanted to position some sort of character with a gritty origin story, but they didn't want to do it for a character that had already appeared in a recent live action Disney remake or was going to. Which soon. who can keep track of all of those, by the way? Right. So ultimately, I guess it lands on Cruella Deville, and the and see the thing is, you probably could make a good movie about Cruella Deville, but they landed on Girl Boss, which you know, <laughs> it's a very kind of loaded way of talking about the issue, but obviously the author has been thinking about this topic for a while and how we approach um, villainesses in media, especially when they are meant to be the um, protagonist of any piece, when when we're getting like a revisionist take that centers their narrative. And she feels as though oftentimes the agency is kind of ripped from these characters and we're supposed to now look at them as uh, good guys, maybe misguided, but ultimately pure of heart, which she thinks kind of reifies very traditional ideas about femininity, which can be ultimately damaging toward women. 
Do you have any thoughts that you would like to share about the article, Hannah? Um, Hannah, for no particular reason. For no particular reason at all. <laughs> just, you know, um, going around I just in a happen circle. To be, yeah. <laughs> um, I have a few. Mostly, like, it is a very niche, like, topic to write something on because I feel like if you were looking at it more broadly, like, doing like as many as like this this trend of like doing movies but from the villain's perspective and like their like their arc as a human or as a like a character period is I mean it's kind of lazy after you do so many of them um it's just a little more interesting because it's a little more complex as opposed to like just a typical hero arc of like oh normal person um situations thrust upon them they choose the right thing and do good things this is a little more like gritty a little more you know a little more questionable morally in some cases um specifically the the thing that really caught my eye in thinking about it was um talking about how so when you had um what is it wicked Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. as you know kind of the the progenitor of a lot of this stuff because we saw how wicked did and then since then, there have been some more examples of this type of trope. Cited Maleficent as a yeah. big one. And it's just, it's interesting because for me, I'd never really perceived Wicked on like an actual academic level. <laughs> At any point, I just really liked the song. <laughs> and so it was, it was. Defying gra- oh, yeah. can we not, can we not sing? Oh, we're we're going to get taken down with the DMCA. Yeah, we're going to get DMCA'd. Sorry. Um, well, also it's just, it, it must be said, nobody wants to hear your theater senior class sing Defying Gravity. They can't hit the notes. It's cliched. It's been done too much. Just don't. Just find something else to do, okay? Mm-hmm. Trust me. I would love to see Maleficent as a live action. Sorry, sorry. I would love to see Wicked as a live action like musical. But the problem is it's in production. It was in development for a while at Universal. And you've heard conspicuously little about the project ever since they released Cats. And that movie. (laughs) Well, also, like, they're still making so much money off the musical. They're making so much money off the musical. It's still touring. Like, the average like non-professional like amateur theaters still can't do wicked because they're still making so much money so like why would they make it into a movie they're already making so much money by selling ridiculously expensive tickets to go see it live very true very true such a good musical i mean mean, it 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 slaps it's pretty good um i pray that we never get a hamilton um film like a true film, not like Disney filming it and the play and putting it up on their streaming service. Um, not because I like it, quite the contrary. I think it was awful, and I think we should stop talking about it just as soon as we possibly can. And there's your there's your hot take for all of the theater nerds that want to add us and yeah, send me hate. Are we going to fight Tucker? Send me death threats. Send <laughs> me death threats. I will dox myself so you can do that. I want to see how creative you can get because you are theater kids and you like to chew everyone's ear off about how creative you are. So prove it to me with your death threats, <laughs> Tucker. <laughs> You're a theater kid. We literally did theater together in high school. But, you know, I don't feel like I was ever fully accepted by the theater kid crowd. I was the outcast. I was the scar of Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is the the most dramatic retelling of high school. That was the most theater... That was the most theater kid thing I could have said right there. I, I guess I, I so can. just so that everybody is completely aware, I am currently sitting in the middle of these two, and it's never been a more uncomfortable place for me as a podcaster to be sitting between um, my my co-host and our guest. So here we are. Um, I fight with Tucker for fun sometimes. Yes, reading this article kind of reminded me of this quote from um, Jillian Flynn, who of course has written uh, Sharp Objects. She's written Gone Girl. She she knows a little bit about um, female villains. And I, I kind of want to read this quote from her in its entirety. She said, and I think she said this back in like the middle of last decade, but she's like, 
I've grown weary of the spunky heroines, brave rape victims, soul-searching fashionistas that stalk so many books. I particularly mourn the lack of female villains. Good, potent female villains. Not ill-tempered women who scheme about landing good men in better shoes, as if we had nothing more interesting to go to war over. Not chilly wasp mothers, emotionally distant, isn't necessarily evil. Not soapy vixens, merely bitchy doesn't qualify either. I'm talking about violent, wicked women. Scary women. Don't tell me that you don't know some. The point is, women have spent so many years girl-powering ourselves, to the point of almost paradic encouragement, that we've left no room to acknowledge our dark side. Dark sides are important. They should be nurtured like nasty black orchids. And I think that's something that, that's a sentiment that we could probably interrogate that for a little bit, but it's definitely something that carries over into her work a lot. And to be clear, I've not actually read any of her books, but I have seen the adaptations of Gone Girl and Sharp Objects. I particularly love Sharp Objects. Have either of you seen that? Not that one. Um, I've seen Gone Girl. Scissors, knives, <laughs> needles, uh, compasses, um, swords. Are compasses sharp? Like the a compass that oh, you compass draw. Needle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I'm very familiar with sharp objects in general. Um. <laughs> yeah, because I do think that there is, the problem is we, Camille Packley has said a while ago that she thinks that America, American culture has become kind of stifled by the fact that in so much of our media, we don't really talk about psychology in any depth when we're talking about uh, the nature of our characters be they villains or be they uh, uh, heroes or be they anything else and I think that it's really true because so many of the characters in any given work of fiction are primarily focused on their material concerns which uh, to some way does resonate but it kind of I think it undermines a degree of complexity that a lot of people can have in a lot of ways. And so when you have someone who's solely focused on, you know, becoming the boss in their environment or anything, it kind of ignores the degree to which people have other motivating factors, if that makes any sense. I don't have anything particular to say about that, but I was thinking about something else. <laughs> okay, so go, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. No, please. I'm so sorry. Please, take send it. us a life preserver. <laughs> take, take so us, take I us think one. so... I feel really bad because normally I read articles like this. And I'm like, yeah, like I agree. And I do agree with a lot of it, but also I don't think, I don't know that, um, sorry. <laughs> I don't know that Cruella DeVille is the right like movie to be complaining about being like a, like a girl boss because Cruella DeVille wanted to be like, she's like, her thing is fashion, like fashion design and like, that's kind of her character. Like she kind of is a girl boss, mm -hmm. like hashtag girl boss in that sense. So like, yeah. So like, this is not surprising that they went that way with the movie. Um, I just don't know why they did it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand. This, this isn't a movie that anybody wanted. This isn't a movie that after being presented with the idea, anybody is excited for. It's more so just something that they're saying, well, we're going to make it. And therefore, people will pay us to consume it because that is our contract with society. Mm -hmm. um, Emma Stone's going to be a really good Cruella de Vil, though. Yeah, I love her. Probably. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I like her in just about anything, really. Yeah. She does good. Even people who didn't like Joker as a movie conceded that Joaquin Phoenix did a good job mm -hmm. in the role and see that's the rub. I, I don't think it's fair to call this movie completely a reaction to the Joker if for no other reason than it had to be in development before Joker even came out. But it is kind of being positioned in a lot of the capital D discourse as kind of like some weird answer to uh, Joker. And I'm not quite sure. I, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. I think that's just people want kind of wanting for there to be a connection that doesn't necessarily exist. Well, also, like, let's be real. Joker was a good movie. It's a good flick. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, good performance, whatever. But, mm -hmm. like, this wasn't, like, some type of genre-redefining film. Like, kind kind of? But, like, it's it was not, like, a, a perpetuum shift in the, the whole continuum that is film and talking about villains right like i don't i don't know that it was so meteoric an impact that we must compare any villain story to 
Joker and centralize it in that way. Just because anytime you centralize a canon that hard around one work, it just it becomes very unsightly very quickly. Well, I think the big paradigm shift did come with the Joker, but not the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I think it was Heath Ledger's Joker yeah, back in 2008 yeah, yeah, yeah. because I think that definitely there's been a lot of pop culture released since The Dark Knight that specifically tried to ape um, the Heath Ledger Joker. And to an extent, that that's the whole reason we got um, Joker as a solo film to begin with, even though Joaquin Phoenix did put his own spin on the character. So it's that we live in a society kind of mantra <laughs> that a lot of people are trying to capture in other different contexts. And to that extent, I think you could probably fairly say that uh, Cruella is part of that um, part of that strain. But then again, so is so much of pop culture now. And we really need a new paradigm shift in um, uh, superhero villains to kind of get us away from that. And no one's cut it yet so far. Not so, Thanos, not anyone. So hear me out. Joe Kerr, Joe Biden. Mm. Am I on to something here? Absolutely. L- listen, listen here, pal. Listen here, pal. We live in a society. That's malarkey. I can't believe. Do you remember the Biden campaign running on no malarkey? Do you remember that? I do remember that. I do. I mean, it it worked. I'm trying to figure out a way to construct a joke about Joker dancing down the stairs and Joe Biden falling down the stairs. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I, but that's not a joke. I just threw out some elements and I'm like, no, but audience, it's, it's good. You, you come up with your own joke it's about de- those elements. It's deconstructed humor. It's high concept. Oh my yes. God. Oh. It's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> exactly. Fill in your own joke now. We'll provide some blank airtime for you to make your joke. This, I want to be clear. This is not a political statement. This is just me joking about old men falling downstairs, which is not problematic at all. My man looks like he got his ankles broken walking up the <laughs> stairs. Like someone like was someone was on defense for the <laughs> stairs. And it's like, no, that's just gravity. Like oh. oh man. Yeah, that happened and it was very good. Um I mean not for his knees, but just very good for us as people who consume content. I mean, you know, I, I wanna be clear here. I wanna be clear here. I think a lot of Americans are okay with um, Joe Biden just kind of being a doddering old man. And I think it's okay that they're okay with that because I kind of believe that we focus way too much energy on the presidency as the end all be all of American government. And to the extent that we can get people kind of understanding that there are other levers of power elsewhere, that's probably a good thing. Meanwhile, Mitch McConnell is allowed to be Heimdall <laughs> for. <laughs> You know, yeah, just kind of controlling everything. Yeah, and, exactly. And and even the Democrats are like, oh no, well, okay. <laughs> Wait, so did, did I pick the right character for that? Heimdall's the gatekeeper, right? Yes. Woo! Yes. Good for me. I mean, I mean, I I think the joke might have worked better with like a more explicit bad guy, but then we get into the realm of like saying Mitch McConnell is like. The, the Joker, Joker, and <laughs> and Thanos. He's like the green. Go- he's the red goblin. <laughs> he's like if if Joker got the Infinity Gauntlet, like all these, all like the worst surface level pop culture references that we, you can make. And speaking of which, we're about to talk about a list that is already like it's giving me MS just looking at it right now. It is the worst thing in the world. Jeff, what is the title so of this? So this is a it's a, it's some sort of crowd aggregated list of the greatest female villains from Ranker slash Watchworthy. Um, and their headings up at the top include entertainment, music, nerdy. Oh my god. <laughs> so we are in A plus content territory here. Um, so we're gonna I have full disclosure not moved down the list past the first four. So after that, we are all in uncharted waters together. But from the first four is what made me decide that I needed to bring it on the pod. Because this is definitely crowdsourced. You'll you'll get there. You'll get there. So our number one villain, our number one female villain ever, (laughs) ever is uh, Cersei Lannister. Boo! (laughs) There it is. Boo! No, not, not, not good. Not a good villain. At least a compelling character. Yes. I don't want to be the guy, gatekeeping, fine, who's cited, read the books, but much better character is constructed by the books, 
much more complex. Yes, I think Lena Hetty did a good job, but not nearly so much as to justify giving her more and more um, of a focus in the plot, especially in the later seasons. She did not need to be the final boss of Game of Thrones. And the fact that they wanted her to be so clearly kind of warped all the plot around it. it she is single-handedly ruined so much of pop culture over the past 20 years by helping... 20 years? A few years. 20 years. <laughs> okay, They've been lot. making Game exaggerate. of Thrones <laughs> since, since 2001. In my defense, the books were written in the late 90s. But certainly in like the last few years... <laughs> Given how dominant Game of Thrones was, she ruined it by... Uh, yeah, 2001, man. Uh, 9-11, uh, the first episode of Game of Thrones. It was wild. No. Cersei Lannister. I feel like she was always kind of a B-villain in that story. Even when they like forced her to be like the villain. I feel like she was always just like a B-villain. Mm-hmm. A B-movie. Um, Bellatrix Lestrange, number two. No. Yeah. Nope. Not even kinda. See, all the Potterheads came in here... <laughs> They were like, no, Bellatrix. What are you talking about? Because number three is, we might as well say it, Dolores Umbridge. Guys, come on. Who would put her under Bellatrix? Like, okay. Well, also, let's just be clear here. Being a bitch does not make you a villain. It just makes you heinous. I I think some of the worst moves. If she had been killing kids, that would have been (laughs) what? Like taking them in her office and then like Avada Kedavra and just, you know. I think... Some of the worst, most problematic comments I've ever heard directed at any women were when I brought up Dolores Unbridge to this group of like female Harry Potter fans. And they talked about her like I get the sense that they have some deep personal issue with her that's like transcends talking about Voldemort or anyone else. It's like some specific dislike of this character that I never really got because I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. It's the misogyny. I, I guess it is, but it's like I, I get that specific cultural trope of the school marm that everyone resents. I don't know, but like guys, uh, this 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 path has been tread so many times. But can we stop making Harry Potter like the pinnacle of liberal canon? Can we can <laughs> can we at 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 long last finally read another book? Please, I mean any other book. for for my money. If you're talking super stock young adult liberal canon, Hunger Games does it way better. Like it's still not yeah. like it. It's good. It's fine. It's great for kids, like young adults. But you know, like it. And then when, oh yeah, and then when you get more edgy, you get Divergent. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going through this stage in high school of really resenting Hunger Games simply because. Um, I felt as though they were a battle royale ripoff, and so I had to be that pedantic nerd who kept on insisting to everyone. Actually, but battle royale did it better. It did the concept of kids killing each other in this melee better. I'm gonna be real. So I've seen battle royale, and then thinking about what Hunger Games did with it, I think Hunger Games took the concept and ran with it, whereas battle royale just existed in a little microcosm. They told very different stories. In my opinion, I, I fine. I'm not going to defend myself as a high schooler. I would. <laughs> I, I wouldn't defend. I would punch myself in the mouth as a high schooler. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, Maleficent number four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just as a character, and not as like a specific role. Yeah, I mean, I think it's iconic as a female villain. I think that's yeah. fair. But but then she has number the best outfit. Number five is Cruella Deville. What happened was like Disney executives read this list and they're like, what characters do we have a right the rights to that we haven't made a movie about yet? And they saw number four was Maleficent and they saw literally Cruella DeVille was the next one on the list. And they thought, well, you know, the good the good people of Rankworthy have decided that Cruella DeVille is the fifth best female villain of all time. Give me the solo gritty Dolores Umbridge backstory, That's, please. Yes. I want that so much. I would watch that before I would watch the Cruella DeVille one, I'm going to be honest. Oh, same. Also, did you notice that if you push De and Ville together? <laughs> hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Devil? Anybody? It's all coming together. It's all. It's like the Joker code from last week. It's it's it, it's caused me to look at the world in a little. Wait, bit hang on. Way. Number seven is Regina George <laughs> from Mean Girls. <laughs> look, good female villain, great female villain. I. This is Regina what we were George. talking about with the article. I this mean, is it. Fine, but if there was like more diversity in this list, if they could convince me that this was like compiled by people who didn't just start paying attention to pop culture yesterday who 
this list was created by people who applied for an internship at BuzzFeed and didn't get it. <laughs> That's who made this. Um, number eight, Hella from Requiem. No, Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok. Kate Blanchett character from Thor Ragnarok. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's Which, a good yeah, villain. She's a good villain, she's but is she villain. the eighth best female villain of all time? Obviously not. But again, this is what people it's watched good. yesterday. Wait, so. but then why did they why does it say Requiem under it? Because they're the people who made this are dumb. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is this a different person? Um, Ursula, which we were Again, talking about this earlier. Not really a villain. Not a villain at all. Ursula is just a mythical creature who's doing her own shit in her corner of the ocean. And Ariel came over and like she did what she normally does. Ursula's like, this is what I do. And then, of course, she has to be the villain, the villain in Ariel's story. It's evil now to make people live up to contracts. Okay, fine. I think she just <laughs> wanted to live in her corner. Corner of the ocean, just do the shit that she does. So I think I think the the plot of the Little Mermaid is that lawyers are actually villains. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. I mean, you know, Ursula, she need. I, I, okay, I, obviously, if we believe that women have agency, we should believe that Ariel knew what she was getting into. Okay, with Ursula, she was an adult. She actually, she was like fourteen. <laughs> she, yeah, she? she was like 14, yeah. 15, 16 okay. years old. You've got well, to. Kiss the girl. You should not be kissing anybody. Don't kiss you the are girl. a teenager. Don't kiss the girl. She is 14. Um, and then get married? Are you kidding me? It was a different time back then. What time period was The Little Mermaid supposed to have occurred in? The Vague, past. <laughs> vaguely <laughs> Renaissance-ish. <laughs> when was The Little Mermaid? Okay, whatever. Um, Poison Ivy, number 10. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's fine. Like Poison Ivy has a good what, story, I what, think. What's surprising to me, though, is how this list is arbitrarily um, devised. Because look, we haven't gone past thirteen yet, so I don't know who's down on the list. But I'm assuming if she's not higher up, she's not on the list because they don't consider her a villain. I'm talking about Harley Quinn, right? It's weird to me that they consider Harley Quinn to not be a villain, and yet, spoiler alert, Mystique at eleven to be a villain. Right, I think Mystique is a villain. Like in the comics, it's a bit more clear that she's a villain. But then again, so is it more clear that Harley Quinn is essentially a villain as they appear in the movies? Both characters, at least the recent movies, they're both very clearly vil- uh, you know, heroes, anti-heroes maybe. But like the Jennifer Lawrence portrayal of Mystique is essentially a good guy. So we talked about this a little bit. Hannah, have you seen Birds of Prey? No, I have not. Okay. So, um, I actually super didn't mind that telling of Harley Quinn, just because I think as far as, like, as much as we've gotten to see of uh, Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn, it seemed consistent with, like, her characterization of it, sort of. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that kind of reclamation, I actually didn't mind a lot. I, I really liked Birds of Prey. Some people didn't. Um, I caught, like, the last 20 minutes on TV. I've seen most, like, DC movies the past few years, but... Like by the time I was like my schedule cleared up to the point last year where I could like actually go see Harley Quinn in the theaters, COVID happened. So I mean, <laughs> technically it was Birds of Prey, yeah. But like, have they, you saved up enough vacation days to watch the entire Snyder Cut yet? I, I saw Snyder Cut and I loved it. I lo- that could be a whole podcast. Though. Yeah, no, so we'll, we'll talk about Snyder Cut later. Um, but yeah, no. So I actually didn't super mind Birds of Prey, but. Um, other how, mother from how Coral did she get on this list? How she, did she get on this list? Her name is Other Mother. Yeah, she's the Other Mother. I'd, buttons I'd, for eyes. <laughs> um, Jadis the White Witch from the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I'm skipping around a bit. We had Mother Gothel as well, but again, I don't think Mother Gothel's a particularly great villain because she's just a woman who's obsessed with vanity and doesn't care about who it hurts to get it. And it's like she literally stole a baby. Well, I mean, yeah, she's obsessed with vanity. She's Jeff, a kidnapper. Human trafficking is not a joke, Jeff. Okay. All right. Here and, we are. And see, look, 15, Catwoman. Okay. Is Catwoman look, a villain? Yeah. Like, if you go up on yeah, the I street so. and ask people, yeah, she's technically a villain. But then again, if she is, Harley Quinn certainly is. And where is she on the list? This list is arbitrary. Um, 16, Queen Ravenna, Ravenna from Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> hot, hot take, I actually don't, like, the, the Snow White and the Huntsman movies with uh, Chris Hemsworth, I actually don't mind them that much. I think they're kind of nice to look at. From a writing standpoint, atrocious. But just watching them for the eye candy, it's kind of like it's actually kind of cool. I watch so many movies just for the eye candy, so I get that. The Se- scripts can be horrible, and I'll still enjoy my time. 
17 is Annie Wilkes, and I recognize Ooh, that... What a poll, though. I, I recognize that commenting about women's appearance as a man can be problematic, but I have to say, on um, the Hulu show Castle Rock, where it's just like a mash of a bunch of different Stephen King elements, I really don't see why they decided to make Annie Wilkes hot. Like a thin, hot, and like, cause that's it. Kind of defeats the character, like, doesn't it? Yeah, like, and it's like already Annie Wilkes in the film Misery was a significant upgrade from the books because in the books she was like literally disgusting looking and was covered in acne and all sorts of stuff. Whereas in the movie, yeah, she's plus size, but Kathy Bates, you know, she looks fine. Right. But it's like with every single adaptation, they feel the need to make her hotter and hotter. And I'm like, it's okay. scarier that way. I, I, maybe. What if, what if she's hot and crazy? Well, I don't know. Then he probably would have fallen in love with her. I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> Agatha- uh, can we talk about um, people, people getting mad that Lola Bunny isn't massively sexualized Jesus. anymore? Because like. <laughs> that was so awful. Remember what they took from you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, why did they make Aunt May hot in Spider-Man? Like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie? Eh. Oh, yeah. Eh. Well, I mean, I mean, like hot is subjective, but like young and attractive. That's I mean, I feel like it was posited as such if, because Tony Stark's character is like, you know, oh, hey, it's Aunt May. If we're getting like, worked up over like deviation from canon, there are a billion other like problems I'd bring up. Well, no, it. I just don't want everyone to be hot. OK, I'm ugly. I want to see <laughs> ugly people. Ugly sometimes. representation. But it's Represent- hard to get jobs in Hollywood when you're ugly. They have to hire attractive people and then make them ugly or try to make them ugly. I'm just saying, show me a film with all fours on screen. Just do it. I will love it. I will be so into it. Um. Also, okay, if we're talking about um, villainesses who we just need to let them be evil, Agatha Trunchbull from Matilda has no redeeming qualities, and I'm surprised she's number 18. Uh, She picked on children. She put children in, like, a stand-up coffin with nails poking into the child when you close the coffin instead of, like, a timeout or detention. Yeah, that's uh, evil. I Matilda wasn't really a part of my childhood. I recognize that it's so a big good. thing for a lot of for a lot of people. Wait, hang on. Time. Is this a is this a gender line? I didn't. Uh, no one read Matilda to me either. Like I didn't read it. I as a read kid. it. Well, I I don't know. I loved Matilda. The movie came out like right around. I was the age that I read that. It was really good. I will hmm. say, Mara Wilson, if you're win- if you're listening, uh, come on the pod. Yeah, go on, go ahead. Hit us up. Uh, uh, call our publicist. Who's me? I'm our publicist. Um, uh, Oren Ishii from the Kill Bill universe. Actually, a pretty good villain. Okay. Yeah, um, good I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Alien Queen. It, <laughs> she's Alien just, Queen. She, she's just an animal. Just she's an animal. Them. She's trying to protect. She's literally trying to protect her children. Like, I really. Can't, I can't deal with the people. Like, when you're talking top villainesses of all time and they don't have names. <laughs> the like, one that was just. Queen from Snow White. Oh it was God. just Queen. Isma. Um, Isma's a great villain. Isma's <laughs> bad at being a villain, but she is a great villain for that story. I, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely perfect, and they couldn't have done any. I'd watch an Isma movie. Before. Please. Oh, oh my God, that would yes. be so much better. Didn't they make one, or did they make a? T- hmm. There was like a TV show that was like Kronk's New Groove. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a little more Isma forward. Um, oh, what the? Winifred Sanderson? Winifred Sanderson from Hocus Pocus. Eh. I just want to see this list as developed by like people with PhDs in English literature or the classics or anything like this, because clearly when you're crowdfunding this, you you're, you're crowdsourcing this rather, you're missing something. Because now we're getting down to like Samara Morgan from The, the Ring. Ring. You know, okay, Azula, can I just say Azula from Avatar: The Last Airbender? Great villain, awesome, wonderfully villain. written. Awesome, is villain. just. Hey, hang on a minute. It's just a woman getting to be bad. There's no, re, there's no redeeming. So she's just good. horrible. Yeah, she had a really tough childhood because, too. They, because we don't have wrapped that one in as well. We don't have Grendel's mother. We don't have Cersei. You know, like C I R C E from Greek mythology. And like, I'm not trying to be again. The word keeps coming. The term keeps coming up. Gatekeeper. But clearly, guys, let's expand our references just a little bit. Just a little bit. The Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> um. <laughs> she okay, but if she's on the list, she should be higher. 
She should be way higher, okay? Um, is Cersei considered a villain of, like, Greek mythology? She, it, she is as much of a villain as any of the women on this list. Like, okay. You know, Cat, if, I, if Catwoman's yeah. a villain, okay. Yeah. Okay, because that article, so I, I've not seen, like, all of those movies, but I read Cersei. It's amazing. I cried several times. It's a very complex, like, um like just book about a very like complex woman um who well of course is like immortal so there's a lot but like that also made me think about the fact that you know it's you're comparing like a book where she has literally like centuries of character development to like a you know hour and a half two hour long box office movie where they like just need to tell a story as opposed to like a 500 page Mm -hmm. book where you have time and hundreds of years for character development i will say at number 30 we've finally gotten to lady Macbeth, who again i'm not the biggest shakespeare fan in the world but if we were doing a comprehensive i think rundown of all the the villainesses in canon would probably be a bit more out damned spot great villain yeah, good. Good on you, Willie. <laughs> Who's um, Esther from Esther. Orphan? You know the film oh, Orphan. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought um, they were getting like from Esther in, in the Bible. I was, like, <laughs> was she the villain? <laughs> Esther. In the- <laughs> yeah. No. Let's do biblical villains next. Fem- Number one, female <laughs> Satan. <laughs> female biblical villains. Female biblical villains. Is Delilah a villain? You know, we can all be villains in certain people's stories. <laughs> Just depends on who's telling Regan depends McNeil. Regan McNeil from, from The Exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> not the demon in the child. Just the child is yeah. the one of the worst it, villainesses. There's yeah. <laughs> 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 like no. <laughs> God, she was so needy. Um, okay, so hang on. So we're gonna talk about this. Medusa, not a villain. Not a villain. I'm sorry, and, not a villain. And even if we're going by by like most significant characters in all of the canon she's at 41 okay we can go back who is that there were two harry potter characters in the top four okay like guys please i just medusa didn't do anything wrong have they done a, a like backstory like for medusa because if they haven't done a good medusa movie, who owns the medusa ip um. <laughs> <laughs> has anyone I would love to watch that. I think that would be an awesome like origin story movie that would just be like just phenomenal. Well, I'll tell you probably why you haven't seen it. Um, so do you remember like the Clash of the Titans and there were like there was a minute where uh, Greek, big movies yeah. started to say, hey, what about this Greek stuff? And they did it really bad. Oh, the Immortals. Was it the Immortals? That was just oh, like God. the absolute worst movie. That's I think that's probably one of the only movies I've turned off just because it was actually bad. The funny thing about Medusa, and I have to share this anecdote, it's that um, originally in the myths, the fact that she could turn someone to stone with her gaze, it wasn't like a special power that she had. It was literally just she was so ugly that if you looked at her, you just turn, <laughs> were petrified by her ugliness. But depictions of her became more and more um, aesthetically pleasing over the years to the point that they had to eventually establish, okay, she had like a special like petrification vision or something, but it's just funny that like a lig- like they were literally just writing thousands of years ago. Man, she was so ugly. That <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me think of the episode of Spongebob where he's like, I am incredibly ugly. <laughs> I'm ugly and I'm proud. That's Medusa. I've caught the ugly! <laughs> Um, wait, was it, I think Medusa was cursed to be like what she was, right? She was like cursed to turn men to stone because well, it she, was like, maybe, was it like, uh, who is it? Hera, that's like Zeus's wife. I think she was cursed to have like, um, snakes in her head. Yeah. yeah and to turn men to stone or something yeah, like that. Well, yeah. it, it's, because she looked at, because she said Again, that Zeus, might be a later. Zeus. My understanding yeah. is that originally 47 is she go from... <laughs> 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 Name one bad thing that Shigo actually ever did Not to anyone. Not a single thing. She's besides a causing person. lots of young people to question their sexuality. So many. I, I love that the different metrics we're using you guys are like okay but she's not really a villain and i'm like okay but is she go really like an enduring character of you know she is she Impossible, is in my yeah. heart in my heart um miranda Priestley from the devil wears prada a villain to Andy 
and an icon <laughs> and queen to everyone else. Just just say Anna Wintour, you cowards. <laughs> just come out and say it. Honestly, it, no, yeah, if they did like um, Cruella as like a very thinly veiled like Anna Wintour thing, that would, that, okay, that'd, that'd be pretty cool. That's a better is. angle. Vicky from <laughs> The Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> Um, when, I think- when's Mrs. Puff gonna show up? <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Number what? sixty-three, Jennifer Check from Jennifer's Body. Oh my god! <laughs> Can either that of you? So did, did either of you sell, see Jennifer's Body? No. Tucker, I, I didn't actually. Oh my god! Okay, I saw it multiple, more than once somehow, and I could not tell you a single thing that happened in Jennifer's Body besides she killed somebody. Um, I just love it's like they gave Diablo Cody like a blank check to write whatever movie she wanted after um, she got nominated for an Oscar for Juno. And she's like, I'm going to do Jennifer's body. I'm sorry. I need you to scroll back up. And I just need to formally lodge a complaint about the fact that Carrie White is listed as a villain on this list. Carrie White is not the villain of any story. What the? Why? Why? Carrie White is not a villain. Because the people who 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 wrote who voted here hate women, but again, their only reference for any woman is what they saw in TV Guide in the past. Actually, well, in all fairness, this one has a thousand upvotes, but twelve hundred downvotes. So it would seem that this was not a popular choice among people. Oh, I guess she did like kill all of her classmates at the end of it, right? Uh, well, I don't think she did it on purpose, though. You can't say that about we need to talk about Kyle. Um, it's okay. Niche niche movie. Sorry. Bad reference. Um, I think that's the name of the film. Mrs. Right? Lovett? What? Kevin. Dang it. Sorry. What movie, movie with like Ezra Miller? Yeah. I said Kyle. <laughs> we need to talk about Kyle. We need to talk Kyle. about Kyle. He's drinking too much Monster. <laughs> It's just some tall, skinny white dude. We need to talk about Kyle XY. <laughs> no, no what, one needs to talk about belly Kyle button? XY. That's the whole show. <laughs> Why don't you have a belly button? Veruca Salt. <laughs> <laughs> Great villain. Okay, She's um, A+. Willy Wonka. The Weeping Angels okay, from um, <laughs> Doctor Who. Doctor Who fans... Um, I'm going to be that guy and remember back to the before times of 2008 where Doctor Who was just like the only people in America who knew about it were hardcore science fiction fans. But then just a few short years later, it was all of like the teenagers who thought like BBC productions were the pinnacle of Western civilization decided that Doctor Who was the most important thing. Okay, Grendel's mother. We're finally at Grendel's mother. It took us until number 90, but we did get there to Grendel's mother. Um, I like how you very nearly escaped my beratement about Doctor Who. Okay, no, berate me about Doctor Who. Come on, let's do it. We're allowed to like things. No, no, you're not. Yes. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. If you're doing things that weren't made in America. If you're no, no, I mean mean, that's fine. It's just like it's like the there was just just like things because they're cool. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I I feel like this is a conversation, but probably not one that we're gonna have right now. What's the moral of this story? Oh, man. Do you, uh, if you're looking for any form of meaningful summation, there is none. Um, I don't know. Write, write better villains. Write, uh, write female villains with complex motives and don't be reductive about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Also, uh, bully your friends that still think that Harry Potter is the peak of literary achievement. Oh, um, God. Bully them. Do, them. do that, please. Um, yeah, that's all. You're a podcaster, Jeffrey. <laughs> I'm a what? Jeffrey, you're a podcast. Okay. Sorry. What how, What? Uh, Harry Potter house are you guys? Uh, I've been told I'm a Ravenclaw. I, yeah. I would have no idea what I... I, I just... For Tucker, some reason, what is your Harry Potter house? I, I, really, I, I don't know. I, I know you do. I, 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 I would, where would Where would you put him? Tucker? Yeah. yeah. You're the sorting hat, Hannah. Go for it. I, I, I never even read the Harry Potter books. I just watched the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think we should stop. I think we should stop podcasting before somebody gets hurt, namely one of the people listening to it. Our, who... our brains have bled quite profusely this week. Um, lots of bleeding. Uh, Hannah, do you have anything that you want to 
plug or direct people towards for yourself for selfish reasons? Um, not really at the moment. I not that I can think of. Um, except for oh god, oh god. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I think um American Sci-Fi, um, is still making uh the circuit film on the film circuit yes um if you ever get a chance to catch that always catch that that's our th- this is this is our third week getting the plugs for the chris mcroy extended universe yes of so, course um, um and then <laughs> also uh yeah no i was right um jeff Payne's in darkness i wait is on youtube and also amazon prime and he is amazing he is a professional fo- photographer um but he also makes movies um fun and they're awesome and beautiful and spooky and amazing and um go watch all that stuff well isn't that why you should make a movie for for fun yeah isn't that isn't that what it's all about do the hokey pokey my my plug um spay and neuter your goldfish (laughs) (laughs) you know in case it runs off and hooks up with the neighbor's goldfish you know (laughs) um Spay and neuter your goldfish, folks. Uh, My name is Jeff. I'm Tucker. Have a good week.